whispers of some quiet conversation. She's coming in 12:30 flights. The moonlit wings reflect the stars that guide me towards salvation. I stopped an old man along the way, hoping to find some old forgotten words or ancient melodies. He turned to me as if to say, "Hurry, boy, it's waiting there for you." Well, uh, good evening. It's a little after 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. My name is Dick Whaley. And from the rock group Toto, I'm Jim Dwyer. Yeah, we weren't responsible for that <laughs> last musical selection. Not sure, I understand that selection, but... Anyway, uh, everything goes at CBN. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I'm sure there's a, a Toto fan out there listening somewhere, even if they're on the web. Played some cows mooing on Saturday to stitch two songs together. So if there's room for a cows moo, there's room for a Toto too. Yes. Well, uh, Michigan, of course, got hit with some serious weather over the weekend. Uh, kind of bizarre in that. I think I was wearing shorts just two weeks ago, so it's a bit of a shock on the system. Well, Eight, it'll ten be inches. pretty cold later this week, too, and then maybe a little bit more snow. But uh... And the return of the polar vortex, the Arctic vortex, is apparently going to beleaguer the northern United States for the next couple of days. So if your car has not had a checkup, uh, you might want to get cracking on that because you're supposed to have some temperatures like around zero if you can believe that anyway speaking of zero donald trump i don't know what's wrong with this guy but we'll just give him a yet another brain damage award for his new you know he openly advocated that the russians hack and let's remember there's a difference between hacking and leaking. I don't think there's any question that the Russians were hacking. Uh, and this, of course, is how the DNC got into some uh, problems, shall we say, political problems with the Bernie Sanders wing of their party. This, yeah, strategically leaked just as the uh, Democratic Convention was opening. And for those that have amnesia, what happened, by the way, was that the DNC chairman, uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, Congressman from Florida was basically outed, so to speak, through these emails. I think that the, even the conclusion that the, there was manipulation was a little overstated. But John Podesta, obviously the chairman of the Clinton campaign, was mainly the target of this hack. And then this WikiLeaks, uh, the utilization of WikiLeaks by Russian 
intelligence and or cutouts. We don't really know who they were. Um, allowed this to remain a story pretty much from the middle of July until the election. And, of course, this was part of the email search engine problem that we've later discovered through post-election research and criticism and analysis that uh, forced your searches into this email scandal, the pseudo-email scandal involving Hillary Clinton. And what this did over and over was confirm a dominant, dominant narrative. You know, we talk about narratives now. I remember narratives only sort of applying to alternative film and uh, highbrow literature. But well, now and, it's part of the political... Uh, in a digitally manipulatable world, yeah. you can recompose. I mean, Stalin would be having a field day. He was famous, of course, for employing photographic artistry sure. to remove people from photographs, to drop people into photographs all the time. Uh, and airbrush his own image. Yeah. it's uh, he was known to have had... Easy to do. Incredibly bad skin because he... Pretty much anybody can do it from their... Uh, you know, if your skills are at a certain level of sophistication, it's really not that hard. There's probably several dozen teenagers here in town who could uh, do this sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, airbrushing, the airbrushing of history is all too common in American history uh, in recent years, I'm afraid. And for Donald Trump, who is now basically using Twitter and the Sunday talk shows to claim that he doesn't even think it happened. He doesn't even... I don't believe it happened. Yeah, that, that's what he said. I don't believe it happened. Um, I think it's ridiculous. I'm just going to quote here. I think it's just another excuse. Mr. Trump said in an interview on Fox News Sunday, I don't believe it. Well, what Donald Trump believes and what he doesn't believe... Is a matter of pure speculation. It's becoming... <laughs> No one knows. No one knows. Only the shadow knows. And, of course, regarding the presidential daily briefing, which apparently uh, Donald Trump has been passing on, he's too busy having victory rallies. Well, he's got uh, serious matters pertaining to the uh, important work that he'll be doing as part of NP NBC's uh, The New Celebrity Apprentice, uh, of which he's still an ex a producer. Yeah, and he's starting to... Opening uh, up a new wormhole of potential conflicts of interest. Resemble the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Um, and, of course, in response to the presidential briefings, he said, you know, I'm like a smart person. I don't have to be told the same thing in the same words every single day for the next eight years. Well, gee, uh, the world actually rotates. Uh, there are new events happening every day. Uh, it's frightening, actually, to realize that the intelligence, that there are 16 agencies involved in intelligence. And I might add that Donald Trump is rewriting history regarding the so-called weapons of mass destruction intelligence. Uh, it was the Bush administration that cherry-picked the intelligence. The intelligence was not unanimous on this. No, in fact, there were many in the intelligence communi uh, community who balked at the assertion. 
Yeah. Now, it is well known and well established that CIA director at the time, George Tenet, who conveniently happened to be a holdover from the Clinton years, uh, told Bush that it was a, quote, slam dunk. But the chronology that uh, Bush, uh, that Donald Trump is trying to invoke as an excuse, claiming, well, these guys got the intelligence all wrong, is uh, erroneous. Uh, it's an erroneous recreation of how the Iraq War came about. Um, yes, there was a congressional resolution in October of 2002 that was railroaded through Congress by Karl Rove right before the midterm elections, knowing full well that there would be some people that would vote for the resolution who didn't really agree with it because they were worried about demagoguery and red-baiting that are all too common in our elections. Oh, and speaking of elections, we learned some kind of ugly things about the Michigan recount, which we'll get to in a second. Um, who knew that... Uh, Recount laws in Michigan have not been updated since the 1870s, <laughs> and uh, it's, it's an incredible uh, problem here. As far as uh, the actual facts regarding the Iraq war, let's remember that it, the resolution required the Bush administration to go before the U.N., United Nations, which they did. They didn't get the approval from the U.N., and in fact, Hans Blix, the weapons inspector at the time, in his testimony, said, we are doing the weapons mm -hmm. inspections. We are on the ground. We haven't found anything. Now, it's pretty— In fact, there was pressure by the Bush administration to hurry the uh, inspectors out so yes. they could begin hostilities. They, in fact, made a deadline. Indeed. Issued a deadline before they had U.N. approval— and, of course, that Saddam Hussein had weapons, chemical weapons, is well established. We knew. We had the receipts. We had the receipts. We sold him the poison. We were one of many, and there were European multinational corporations involved in it. It happened in the 1980s when Reagan was president. Donald Rumsfeld shook his very hand. Yes, he was an envoy, a special envoy. And, of course, Reagan tilted to Iraq in 1987 part of the so-called Gulf Persian War, tanker war, to support Saddam Hussein in a bizarre uh, switcheroo. Uh, the United States was actually delighted that the Iran-Iraq war went on for eight years, in which thousands of people died, but it's well established that Saddam Hussein in 1988 used uh, chemical weapons against the Kurds, against the Shiites that these atrocities took place. As well as against Iranian soldiers, too. There's yes. a lot of accounts uh, of that as well. So there were chemical weapons at one point. Uh, Saddam Hussein obtained them from the West, primarily, as well as the Ruskies, the Russians. And, of course, all of this new, um, well, let's just call it an interesting development, that uh, John McCain chairman of the Armed Services Committee, a man that Donald Trump had no problems insulting at one point. <laughs> I think he said something to the effect of, I don't like guys that are captured. <laughs> this, of course, in reference to I the fact... 
overtly call. I mean, he didn't explicitly call him a loser, but yeah. that was clearly the implication. Of course, McCain was shot down in Vietnam uh, as a pilot. Uh, and, of course, many of the POWs that the Vietnamese held during the Vietnam, Vietnam War were, in fact, bomber pilots like John McCain, who were shot down. And they were shot down, by the way, with Russian weaponry that the Vietnamese bought and were given by the Soviet Union. Oh, yes, the Vietnam War, another proxy war that America won. Wait a minute. That's Rambo's line. Yeah. This time we win. <laughs> but anyway, leaving that aside, uh, it's uh, now become quite clear that there are leading Republican senators who are troubled by the fact that it appears that the Russians were engaged in manipulating the election with the intention, wow. according to the intelligence agencies, of helping Donald Trump. Now, why would this happen? Well, we don't know all the answers. Let's find out. Let's see what the emails say. <laughs> You'd think that uh, the very idea would make Nixon puke in his grave. Well, and the thing is, of I'm quote unquote Republican candidate being assisted into office through the auspices of Russian espionage. Yeah. Well, it's it's the very premise is. Uh, satirical it is and of course let's remember that putin uh was a former head of the kgb i'm sure that the russians employed as the saying goes in intelligence cutouts people that uh, they can plausibly deny are connected to their government one way or another but let's find out um i don't know all the facts but Donald Trump seems to know more facts than I do, but it's curious how he knows them. He doesn't even bother with these presidential briefings. No, well, Paul Ryan's response to the uh, allegations that, yeah. that there has been, uh, and they are allegations, nothing's been proved to the American people yet, but the intelligence communities are swirling about it. Uh, of course, some are saying, well, the CIA always lies, but... Uh, well, often they do. That's their primary business is obfuscation. But the very fact that the CAA is involved in investigating aspects of an American election suggests that nobody really knows what's going on at any level. Well, and also let's remember that the CIA has had various uh, heads of the agency. Clearly, in the early years of the Cold War, the CIA was engaged in all sorts of nefarious activity including political assassinations and, gee, guess what? Manipulating foreign elections. Yeah. Uh, one of the first acts of the CIA was to uh, basically influence the French and Italian elections uh, in the late 1940s. This is well established. We had congressional investigations in the 70s, the mid-70s, the early to mid-70s regarding the CIA assassination plots the so-called rogue elephant, to quote Frank Church, chairman of the Senate committee that investigated the horrors of the CIA. Uh, the CIA and of course, it goes around the world into every hemisphere with regard to the toppling of governments and manipulation of elections. And, of course, this is nothing that hasn't happened here in America with our intelligence agencies. Uh, 
to say that J. Edgar Hoover kept his paws out of our elections is misleading at best. I would argue that the CIA did reform quite a bit after the church investigations into their activities. However, during the Reagan years, when Bill Casey was put in charge of things, uh, it went rogue again a little bit. Remember the mining of the Nicaraguan harbors Mm. that Casey lied about in testimony before Congress? This happened. Uh, These are historical facts. And Donald Trump, um, I, I, you know, I don't know where he gets his information. <laughs> it's a mystery to me. I'd like to know more. Uh, you'd but, think you'd be curious, like, wow, really? Uh, I wouldn't like to believe that's true. It might be something he could say. Uh, although he did say that he's like a smart person, not actually a, a smart person. But if you really want to, you know, convince people that you're concerned about uh, Russian influence or meddling in elections, you'd say, well, let's ha- let's have an investigation. Uh, but you'd think that he'd say the same thing about a recount, too, that uh, if you're really so sure that you won, why are you afraid of a recount? Right. I mean, obviously, the Trump uh, campaign uh, intervened uh, through the courts to try and prevent the recount. Well, the fact that two of the justices... Uh, in the Michigan Supreme Court, had to recuse themselves because they're on a list as possible U.S. Supreme Court nominees to replace Scalia uh, that is in Trump's breast pocket right now. Do they eat applesauce? (laughs) That needs to be one of the questions asked at their hearings. That's one of Scalia's greatest lines of all time. It's applesauce. It's applesauce. Yes, indeed. Well, yeah, just uh, very briefly on the Michigan recount, uh, gee, uh, we didn't know that—did uh, you know that half the precincts in Wayne County cannot be recounted? Why? Because there's a discrepancy between the number of votes that are apparently on a log versus the number of votes that are in the machine. This, of course, was a law written in the 19th century when stuffing the ballot boxes— was a common form of voter fraud. But it seems to me that if you're going to have a recount, count the votes. <laughs> what, what's, what's the problem? This, this shouldn't take this long. And, of course, it's, it's been stopped because uh, the Supreme Court ruled. But, of course, what we find out is that Michigan's election laws are at, the, are at the heart of the whole problem. They haven't had a recount. There hasn't been a recount of any major um, and there's more evidence of uh, inadequate numbers of machines and, and faulty technology in uh, urban areas. Seals being broken, ballots being stored haphazardly, all sorts of irregularities, shall we say. Um, but we wouldn't have even found any of this stuff out had there not been an attempt to actually have a recount. It's my understanding that the Wisconsin recount is winding down, and we'll find out apparently tomorrow what the final results there were. Obviously, this isn't going to affect the Electoral College next Monday, but it is interesting that 10 members of the Electoral College in states that Donald Trump won are requesting a briefing about the intelligence. Yeah, there was a piece on the op-ed page of the New York Times uh 
last Thursday, I think, uh, from a Texas elector. Yeah. Who basically an open letter to other electors saying, I can't vote for this guy. He was proposing uh, John Kasich as a late, late, last minute write in. <laughs> late bloomer. Uh, well, John Kasich may en end up getting one uh, electoral vote from the state of Texas. Um, Kasich's whole candidacy was a series of puzzlements from the beginning, but in retrospect, his big mistake was he did not get into the race soon enough. I mean, I think some people are almost hoping in their hearts that the Electoral College might at the last minute save the day. I think that's a pretty misguided notion. The, the likelihood seems slim at best. I would say that so. That they would not uh, finalize the deal on uh, Trumpenstein. But, uh, well, I'm surprised he hasn't invited them to New York for a, a wooing, as they say. Uh, you know, the, I'll just say that should there be some sort of upset in the Electoral College, then that's the final proof that hell is more than halfway frozen over and that the Lions will win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, there you go. That's just going to be another sign of the uh, the apocalypse. Well, the Lions have a shot. I would only observe that they have, they have a difficult road yet ahead. Three but, uh, very tough yeah. games remaining. So we'll we'll see what happens to the uh, Honolulu Blue. Uh, I believe Hawaii did vote for Hillary Clinton, and of course she's got a. A two-and-a-half-million uh, vote lead in the popular vote, which, of course, as we learned long ago in civics in seventh grade, doesn't matter. Uh, of course, Donald Trump's assertion that he won in a massive landslide does make you wonder. Is Well, it's absurd on its face. I mean, uh, who believes that? Who listens to that and hears that and goes, yeah, that's right? I mean, this is ridiculous. He may as well claim to be married to Wonder Woman and fly in an invisible plane. Well, he won by less than the number of fans that attend a University of Michigan football game. If you want to get technical about it, Mr. Trump, uh, there was no massive landslide. I think I heard that he, even in the Electoral College, he, he ranks 46th out of 58 elections, well, which it, is funny because 46 is a number that keeps popping up with Donald Trump. That's what he got in the pop popular vote, uh, roughly speaking, 46 percent. It's uh, it's amazing. But this alternative reality of Donald Trump, who, you know, I think he has a certifiable personality disorder. I was, I was just going to say personality disorder. If if not, you know, if we don't want to go full, full tilt uh, mental illness diagnosis. But uh, one wonders when irregularities become the norm, uh, at what point he actually gets called on some of the stuff that he continues to just, you know, these weird tweets and uh, attempting to cyber bully a union leader. Right. And, uh, just bizarre things like that. I, I mean, is he going to tweet a State of the Union address because that's a comfortable format for him? Well, I or hope so. Or is it going to so. be like the... Uh, Krusty the Clown Christmas special they showed on The Simpsons yesterday where at the very beginning of Krusty's seasonal program is a little warning at the bottom. It says, warning contains treasonous statements. 
Well, that's the question. Is the Trump State of the Union going to be uh, better in its original German or its original Russian? <laughs> because I'm starting to wonder whether he's a uh, the Siberian candidate or the Crimean candidate, or maybe he's the Crimea River candidate. Uh, you know, big brouhaha with China policy. I don't really care too much about the protocol issue. I don't care that the president of Taiwan called Turns him. Out Bob Dole wants you to. Bob Dole. No, he's still around. Bob Dole's a valuable man to Taiwan. It must have been the Viagra. <laughs> must have been the Viagra that got Bob Dole uh, lobbying for Taiwan. But Trump's uh, comments in response related to this have been nothing short of unbalanced. <laughs> uh, Taiwan, by the way, is uh, not to be confused with Formosa, <laughs> which is what, of course, it was. Formosa, an island off China where Chiang yeah. Kai-shek fled uh, following the Chinese Civil War in which the communists won and declared the PRC their state. Now, the United States, of course, was in denial about the fact that Mao Zedong uh, actually uh, ruled a giant nation, a nation bigger than the United States, both in landmass and people, <laughs> for quite some time. Uh, you will recall that it took decades for the normalization of relations with China to occur. I don't know if uh, America's... Not formally recognized was yeah. the term. Yeah, we... We recognized Formosa in the U.N. Uh, so this has all been a kind of a delicate thing, but uh, we don't know what the future of Formosa actually holds in store. But uh, Well, those people shouldn't hold their breath either and expect that, well, Donald Trump has our back. Uh, think again. Yeah, and I... Maybe just jockeying for a new hotel location. I'm still puzzled by what uh, his Chinese China policy is, <laughs> what direction it's going in. Um, well, he's starting to get some advice that, you know, you can't just throw up a, a huge tariff because, as you mentioned last week, the uh, quantity of uh, raw materials imported from China that are used in manufacturing here. Exactly. The manufacturing sector in America have been the ones most fearful of some of these outrageous policies that Trump has proposed. Um, he has, by the way, promised on his first day in office, and we'll see if this happens, because uh, we'll hold him to it. Uh, I doubt it will happen on January 21st. We'll give him a, a break on the actual 20th, the inaugural ball and all of that. I don't know what the who the musician is going to be. The Trump transition team promised Whatever. Elton John. Yeah, they promised Elton John. He said, uh, no. That's <laughs> news you. to me. <laughs> so uh, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what band they get to showcase well, that. I heard on the BBC last night, uh, the BBC commentators, uh, news uh, presenters. A lot of hung up phones. Were actually very amused by the fact that Donald Trump can't find any reputable uh, musician to appear but apparently the big money is on Kid Rock. It's between Kid Rock and Ted Nugent. <laughs> you know, so I, uh... <laughs> I don't know how this is going to work. Um, I, 
for Donald Trump because virtually every decent and major musician has called him anywhere between a thug, a goon, and a... I think I think it might have been the band Aerosmith. That a said, Hitler plus joy. <laughs> He's a clown with orange hair. We're not showing up. Uh, the Stones have denounced him. So, yeah, this is going to be entertaining in and of itself. What will the Trump team do, the transition team? I'm sure that Rudy Giuliani and Chris Christie are out there scavenging away. Oh, Chris Christie's probably working on the catering. For a, for a musician to appear. Uh, Maybe if we chloroform Springsteen, put him in a bag, throw him into the van, drive him around and around, tell him he's at Obama's goodbye party. Right. Uh, you know, that that might work. That might work. I don't know what, uh, what the transition team is doing, but... Uh, it's uh, it's pretty amazing stuff uh, to watch this transition still at, uh, in transition. We don't know who the Secretary of State's going to be. Uh, Mitt Romney seems to have faded, uh, which is, I guess, not surprising. But well, it's very... Didn't uh, the Exxon... Uh... He's rumored to be the man, Rex Tillerson. Uh, what he knows about foreign policy is unclear. He's obviously an oilman. He's a negotiator and all that. But uh, Trump seems to have this obsession with looking the part. <laughs> that seems to be his criteria. Qualifications don't matter. Uh, it is troubling, by the way, that the new uh, head of the EPA, I'm, I'm a little less concerned about whether he's a global climate change denialist, but I am concerned that he seems to be an EPA denialist. Um, yeah. The EPA was created, amazingly, uh, in 1970, initially as an executive order by Richard Nixon. And then it became part of the Earth Day uh, development. Why? The Cuyahoga River caught on fire, among other things. And people of a certain age will no doubt remember the famous television advertisement with the Indian with the single tear. You got it. Always down there was a, a sort of a transformational moment of realization there that was especially impactful with young people that you really did see litter everywhere. It was everywhere. All kinds of refuse. You could even see particulates in the air. Sure. Here in an industrial area like southeast Michigan. So it was a, a sort of a major turning point and uh it's one of Nixon's Truly great accomplishments. And, of course, uh, 40% of the, and I'm reading here from Charles Blau's uh, column in today's New York Times, 40% uh, percent approve of his cabinet uh, picks, 51% disapprove. In fact, approval ratings for Trump's cabinet choices are 18 points lower than for the next lowest president-elect. Furthermore, the report found, this is from Pew, that just 37% of the public view Trump as well-qualified. 32% of registered voters described Trump as well-qualified in October. Majorities continue to say Trump is reckless, 65%. Has poor judgment, 62%. And while 68% describe him as hard to like. <laughs> Who is delegitimizing Donald Trump? Donald Trump is. He won't stop tweeting. He won't stop acting out. 
Um, you know, they say that as people get older, they store, sort of revert to childlike behavior.